All right, so today I thought we would discuss alarmist culture. And this is a big subject. There's a lot of different ways into this. And I was talking about this just a couple of episodes, and that was very funny because (laughs) I was talking about alarmist culture and economic collapse, and right at that moment, the power went out in my room. So (laughs) that episode was very funny, and it turned into a kind of light-hearted discussion. So what we're doing right now is just taking another stab at this subject, at this phenomenon of human culture, which we are very much entwined with. So here's how it goes. If you look around and you ask, what are the problems of the world? Then you don't go very far to see that Things are messed up big time. There are huge problems on so many levels, on every level in some ways. Now, that reaction, your relationship to that phenomenon is exactly what you need to be conscious of. Now, the way we do this is we look at emotions, we look at thoughts, or the story we tell ourselves, and we look at our actions. And the trick is not to have some idea or feeling or behavior that is driving any one of the other things that are within your life experience or your approach or whatever it is that we call the totality of you, right? Because in each of these things, they can be lopsided. They can be unbalanced. So let's break this down. I mean, I know this is a heavy subject and we need to get into this into a number of different ways, but let's let's break it down. Let's look at this. We'll take our time. There's no rush. There's no need to hurry. So when you have someone who is emotionally centered, they look at the catastrophes of the world and the society that we're in with an emotional tinge, right? They feel it. It's an emotional response. And alarm or outrage or fear is a very logical response, right? (laughs) It's a response that we feel very deeply. It's It's a response that makes a whole lot of sense considering our situation. Now, this is very different to someone who responds intellectually or scientifically or rationally, right? Someone who responds to the world's problems on an intellectual level, they're not driven by the emotion. They're not driven by the feeling. They might still have feelings, of course. They have an ability to feel, but they're not going to have that as the driving thing that they do, They're going to have a theory about it. They're going to have an explanation about it. They're going to have a story about it. They're going to have a psychology about it. They're going to have cultural references. They're going to have things that they explain from other countries and statistics and throughout history and these sorts of things. Now, this difference between thinking and feeling 
It's not a matter of who is right. And that's what so many people get wrong. That's what drives so much of the culture wars, right? Should we feel more? Should we empathize more? Do we need more compassion? Or should we rationalize it? Should we be clear about it? What is the logic behind it? Do we need a better understanding, right? Understanding implies intellect. Now, we can say that sometimes (laughs) understanding doesn't actually imply intellect. It actually implies feeling. But that's a story for another day. So understanding that we don't have either of these two things as central, we have both of them working harmoniously is going to get you a long way in this. It's actually going to have you becoming more conscious of exactly what it is that your role in this catastrophic situation is. Now, the third level, the other side of it is action. So what do you do about it? Does action come first or does thinking come first? Or does feeling come first? Are we acting in response to our emotions or are we acting in response to our ideas? Now, this is a very old classic sort of chicken and the egg uh, <laughs> chicken and the egg psychology debate, right? And of course, it's completely circular. And there's a very funny story where a psychologist walks into a building and He gets into an elevator and he clicks the button to go to his floor and then he mumbles to himself and he goes, oh, I changed my mind. And he clicks a different button and the person next to him turns to him and says, excuse me, sir, you didn't change your mind, you changed your behavior. (laughs) So that's a funny little anecdotal story of how (laughs) how that sort of chicken or the egg in psychology comes about, but... The point of this debate of whether it's action, feeling, or thinking that comes first is what's central to you? What is it experientially that happens for you? And if you look at your behaviors closely, if you look at your thoughts closely, if you look at your feelings closely, you will actually discover that one of these three things is more dominant than the others. You're either centered in your feelings, you're centered in your thoughts, or you're centered in your actions. And the answer is not to say, oh, okay, so I need to stop doing one of these other three, right? You're always going to be doing these three. The question is, how do you do all three consciously? How do you actually do these things with awareness? which is a fourth level, right? It's a whole nother level. It's a level above the whole game. And it's the only way you can actually see the difference between these things. There is a world of difference between feeling an emotion as a response to a news article or a catastrophe in the world and feeling an emotion because you say, okay, I'm going to work on this emotion consciously, and I'm going to force myself to go into it without any external circumstances or stimuli or triggers so that I can exactly learn how this emotion works so that I can recognize it in myself when it is triggered and so it can become clear to me and I can become conscious 
of how it is in me. There's a world of difference between those two things. That is the difference. And it's really just a matter of practice, right? This is practice. So instead of being responsive to an emotion, you say, okay, I'm going to set aside an emotion and I'm going to go into it, which means I'm going to have time in that emotion just for the sake of that emotion. And I'm going to do it without a reason, right? I'm not going to wait for the news article about starving children in another country to actually feel that. I'm going to go into it without that stimuli. And I'm going to set aside the time to do it. I'm going to feel it. I'm really going to burst open. I'm really going to break down into tears. I'm going to let the the heart open up. I'm really going to do it. Now, that's emotional work. Now, that's very hard. A lot of people need to do the heavy lifting to get into their emotions. A lot of people, uh, I'd say the majority of people, are actually stuck in their mental side, the mental level. So how does this look on the mental level? Well, I'm going to set aside time just to think. Now, this is different to meditation. It's different to relaxing. It's different to even consuming information. If you set aside time to just think, then you are allowing your thoughts to progress. You're allowing your ideas to come from a deeper place within you, from a place that's more natural. And if you say, okay, I'm not going to be emotional about it. I'm actually going to think it through. And you learn that sensation of what it's like to really just be thinking about something, right? You know, there's there's a lot of bodily gestures that go along with thinking, you know, like this frown of pinching the eyebrows together. That's sort of a thinking face, you know? And then there's also the the emoji that we have, which is the the thinking emoji, you know, the finger on the cheek and the thumb under the chin, or you sort of, hmm, thinking like this, thinking face, thinking face. And also, you know, scratching your head is like the cartoon version. Oh, you know, I'm scratching my head. I'm trying to have an idea. You know, there's a whole bunch of things like this. And these are sort of just cartoon sketches. But you'll find that there's actually a temperament within you that your body goes into when you're thinking. And it won't be as obvious as, well, scratching your head when you're thinking. It'll be something more subtle. But you'll be able to pick up on those, right? There's a physical side to your thinking. And that's another way into working out whether you're actually thinking or whether you're feeling. Now, action is the third level. And this is where you take action despite feeling and despite your idea about what you're acting on. In many ways, action is the most powerful. Action is what makes things happen. Action is what makes the world go round. Action is power. And in so many ways, action is actually what's driving your thinking and your feeling. So if you can work into this act of whatever it is that you're working on, then you can really discover yourself how these three centers of feeling, thinking, and acting are different. This you work with by saying, okay, this is my action. And I'm going to do it no matter what. So this is setting rules for yourself. So an example would be, I'm not going to eat meat. Or I'm not going to buy a certain plastic product. I'm going to stop buying a plastic product because I know that 
It's bad for the environment. Now, that's very different to feeling the badness of plastic in the environment. It's also very different to thinking about, oh, well, you know, there's this big garbage patch in the big blue ocean that we need to address, and there's a lot of garbage in the world, so I know plastic is bad for the environment, so I'm going to have less plastic products, right? It's not it's not a rationalization. It's not a story. It's not something that you've learned. It doesn't matter whether you know about how much plastic there is or not. It's just an action, and you do it just because you do it. You don't need a reason to do it. It's an action-centered, isolated action practice that you do in order to become aware of how your actions are affecting you. Now, when it comes to action and behavior, there are a host of techniques that I've discussed in the past that can really powerfully bring you into this awareness. One of those is Osho Dynamic Meditation. I've spoken about this many times in the past. Another one of those would just be straight up Vipassana meditation, right? I've spoken about that many times in the past. Another one of those would be Osho Kundalini meditation. Another one of those would be workers meditation, right? This interaction between work and meditative awareness. This is awareness in action. This is conscious action. That's exactly the point. And I've spoken about that so many times in the past in so many different episodes. So you can go back and go deeper into this. But At least now, that's an understanding of how we sit in this world, how we respond to the catastrophes that are out there. Because you realize this is in everyone, right? Every single person has this. And it's always been here, right? It's like I said in that previous episode. We've always had people standing on the corner holding a plaque saying the end is near. We've always had certain public intellectuals, certain public speakers who are really pointing out that the end of civilization is just around the corner. And in many ways, those people are overrated. Those people are playing into something for the dollar, right? Because there's big money in alarmist culture. This is related to outrage culture, right? And this is sort of one of those things that becomes a game of one-upmanship. It's like, well, you're outraged at this situation. Well, I'm outraged that you're outraged about this situation. And I'm outraged that you could think about this situation in this way. And I'm outraged that you could say these things in these certain ways, right? And this outrage on outrage is just an emotional profile which is being triggered within you. And the trick is to see it clearly, to know what you are, to know your composition, to know your mechanics, to know how your feelings relate to your thinking. And your thinking relates to your actions and how they all come in and out of each other and how they all connect, right? Awareness is the only answer. Of course, of course, it's not like I can tell you how to feel or what to think or how to act. That's never going to work. The only way through this is to become conscious of these things working within yourself. So that's a little bit about alarmist culture. And it's sort of ironic that I'm sort of 
pushing this in an alarming kind of way when the whole idea is that, well, we don't need to be alarmed, right? To get up and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not alarmed by the catastrophes of the world. That's not to say I don't feel it deeply. That is just that I have a different emotional response. And I don't say too much about the catastrophes of the world. But that doesn't mean I don't think about it deeply. That doesn't mean I don't have many ideas about the catastrophes that we're, pl- we're facing. And I don't act too much in response to the catastrophes of the world, right? That doesn't mean I'm not conscious with my actions. That doesn't mean I do actually consider every now and then, well, maybe I should choose a product that has less product, uh, less plastic in it. It is also one of the reasons I'm vegetarian, but that's something that we don't want to get intellectual on, right? And of course, there's another side to this, which is that if you just step back, if you step away from these things, don't feel so much, don't think so much, don't act so much, if you withdraw from the world, then that actually has a side to it as well. There's an argument in how much (laughs) that can do for your benefit of the planet and benefit for, well, helping the greater good, right? If you can just be someone who doesn't cause too much trouble, well, that's actually a good thing. That's a very big contribution to society, (laughs) right? Now, of course, there's problems within that. There's mechanics in that which are tricky and complicated and quite deep, but at least on the surface level, it's something you can sort of run with and think with. So, I was calling this conversation why I'm not alarmed and that's really the answer. That's really the response. And of course, there is a limit to my intellect. There's a limit to my feelings and there's a limit to my actions. But at least I'm entertaining these things. At least I'm consciously coming from a fourth sort of position a way that actually comes into this from a different angle, which is totally different to being lost in the undifferentiated understanding of, or the undifferentiated misunderstanding (laughs) of these dynamics, these backs and these fourths. Now, another related subject or another related phrase to this is ignorance is bliss. And of course, ignorance is not bliss. And ignorance is not an option. We need every individual to come out of their ignorance. And the more you come out of your ignorance, actually the more bliss you have. So this idea that ignorance is bliss is just downright wrong, misleading, not true. It's false. It's, it's, it's a load of BS. And if you know... If you know anything about bliss and ecstasy, then you know that that's true. If you know anything about the difference between ignorance and non-ignorance or enlightenment, then you know that, well, ignorance is bliss is not a true statement. It couldn't be any further from the truth, right? So if you have this idea of ignorance is bliss, I'm just going to stay out of it. Think again. Act again. Feel again. Look at this as how it sits within you. And I've talked about bliss and ecstasy in the past. I've talked about ignorance 
in so many different ways in the past. So you can also find out more about what I've said on that subject. So that's a little bit about, you know, I mean, this is a a big subject. I mean, we all have it. It's always going to be here. It's going to be an ongoing, evolving relationship that we have to the catastrophe of society. And we've all been affected personally. We've all been affected in many different ways. And really, we do all need to find some way to come back to love and awareness and peace and really seeing things clearly. So this is my contribution towards those higher values, and I hope it resonates with you. So if you're listening along, please do leave me a comment. I would appreciate that. Thank you very much. And we will talk about this again very soon. So thanks very much. Hope you're having a good day, and we'll be back soon with more.